Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey, what's up? Once again, this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Today on the show, we're going to be taking a look at Falcom Sound Team JDK. Now, Falcom, if you're not familiar with the show, because we play so much of their music, is responsible, of course, for the Ease series and also games like Sorcerian and, obviously, Legend of Heroes. Yeah, that's right. Well, Falcom was made famous uh, in the early Japanese computer systems, most notably the PC-88 as well as the PC-98. They also had a lot of games that came out for the MSX. And obviously, you know, as time went on, they would release games on the Super Famicom, the PSP, the PS2, stuff like that. But yeah, today, primarily, we're going to play music from the PC-88 and 98 because that's really where Falcom did some of its best stuff. Now, we had two episodes in our season one called Ease Part 1 and Ease Part 2. Now, that was a series that we didn't discover until after we started the podcast, and we just were so blown away with that series. That's definitely the strongest series musically, in my opinion, that Falcom produced. So we're going to play some Ease tracks, but, um, you know, as we were making this playlist today, we kind of had that in mind. You know, we've already had these two episodes on the series, so we definitely wanted to focus on other series that we haven't played if possible. But there are going to be some tracks today that we have played before right and also just uh in case again if some of you haven't been with the show for very long and you maybe you're unfamiliar with falcom uh the composer the legendary video game composer yuzo koshiro this is where he got his start working um for falcom sound team yeah one of the early soundtracks we're going to play today was his first job he ever had he was 18 years old and uh the year after that he would go on to compose ease Uh, it's just crazy how young he was but yeah falcom sound team jdk that was the in-house band at falcom it was made up of all of the composers that worked for that company and really i would say more than any other like sound team i can think of as far as picking one style and sticking to it there's really nothing else like it it is almost to the point of comedy we were listening to all these soundtracks and, and will was just so surprised that these are all different posers they're purposely doing the same things they're following the same traditions even all the way to nowadays on like the ps3 or the, or the ps vita you're still hearing these same techniques that yuzo kashiro started uh in the mid 80s it's just wild yeah, they, they definitely, a lot of this music follows similar conventions. Um, but what's interesting is uh, when you're listening to the episode, you might have a sense of like, okay, I've been hearing this type of thing a lot. But in the context of video game music as a whole, oftentimes they're doing things uh, that aren't really being done anywhere else. And by that, I sort of mean the level of sophistication in kind of uh, emotional context for some of the music where it really just kind of allows uh, sustenance. It really just allows you to have sustained pitches and chords and focus more on like presenting a harmonic space than just being very, having a lot of movement and being really melodic. Mm -hmm. So it's something, it's sort of an interesting experience to use these old computer systems and their hardware to sort of uh, do something much more minimal. So that's something we're going to hear a lot today as well yeah the, the other thing i wanted to make a shout out if anyone isn't familiar with this music uh in many ways this this early falcom music for the pc88 really laid the foundation for later genesis music i mean the sound chip itself is a yamaha fm chip that is almost identical to the sega genesis you get a lot of the same instruments that you'll hear in later series such as sonic the hedgehog so really in some ways a lot of the style of that music 
was very heavily inspired by this music. So that's kind of a fun fact. Now we're going to start things off. What you guys heard opening was from Dragon Slayer Jr. Romancia. That came out for the PC-88. That was the opening. We're now going to move on to a game called Xanadu Scenario 2, The Resurrection of Dragon. It's a sequel to the first Xanadu, and this was the first project that Yuzo Koshiro ever worked on. I believe he was 18 years old. Uh, so this is a very Yenuzo Kashiro. Uh, but yeah, every single soundtrack today is composed by Falcom Sound Team JDK. And obviously from game to game, it's different people, but that's, you know, the artist on all these tracks. So let's play a track called Mapleford. That's a very pretty piece of music. You're listening to Mapleford, and this is from Xanadu Scenario 2, The Resurrection of Dragon, which came out for the PC-88. And, um, you know, for some of these games, we'll go ahead and tell you the actual humans, <laughs> you know, that, that compose this, because obviously, you know, the overarching artist is Falcom Sound Team JDK. But for this game, we have Takahiko Abe, as well as Yuzo Kashiro. Those are the two gentlemen that worked on this sequel on the PC-88. Very pretty stuff. I really uh, sort of like the part writing. It sounds a lot like uh, just the way that it would have been composed on piano is sort mm-hmm. of how it's coming across. And what I sort of mean by that is that uh, the chord changes happen subtly. There's not these big passing chord moments. You know, the melody will move and then underneath things will happen and there's a little bit of sense of syncopation you know it's not too busy but it's still sort of nice subtle voice leading um to evoke those chord changes and again something that subtle especially at this time as far as video game music it's not something that we hear a lot and even you know when the technology gets better it's just uh most video game music doesn't necessarily lend itself to sort of that level of subtlety a lot of times composers are going for the opposite and i'd say in the case of falcom a lot of times absolutely they're going for the opposite kind of rocking and yeah one thing um, just to note is the very beginning of this playlist the first three or four uh, or maybe five or so tracks other than that opening track we played in with are not the kind of stereotypical falcom sound they're a lot more soft and subdued which is an interesting way to start the episode before we get to the rocking stuff because but, yeah to me falcom it, it's sort of it, inhabits sort of two forms mm-hmm. you either have the things that are something sort of rocking and a little bit poppy uh that likes to have melodies oscillating around the nine mm-hmm. and the seven but uh then there's songs like this that are very kind of slow and subdued and they usually have really good melodies but they're just they're going for something 
a little bit more well, subtle. One thing interesting is this track. There's a lot of tracks like this that we listen to. Uh, piano evoking a, a, a solo piano performance. Yeah. What's so interesting though is the instrumentation. It's three or four channels of one FM instrument. It's all a bass instrument. Did you notice that? It's that classic sonic bass. Right. Whether it's on the left hand or even the right hand stuff, it's all that same instrument. And it's not the best. It's not the most pleasing way to hear that music. Uh-huh. But it does kind of put it in this really yeah. weird nostalgic yeah, place. I think the one like thing that i would just say against this sort of style of writing for falcom is that i really appreciate kind of taking the music so seriously but the problem is that chip just doesn't have the level of subtlety of a human performance so typically a type of composition like this it's something where it's like well if you're not necessarily focusing on the chords or the melody really you need to focus on timbre or performance what we'll hear later though is the one aspect of these uh computer systems that does have a very uh high level of subtlety and beauty is the psg channels so when they're using those in combination especially particularly on the pc 98 they are able to get some uh very subtle just kind of lush atmospheric sounds there so something to look forward to let's move on to a game called Tombs and Treasure. Now, this game, as well as Xanadu Snare 2, came out in 1986. Uh, you know, there were games that Falcom released as far back as 1983, but if you think about the history of video game music, there's not a lot of good stuff uh, from that time. So, 1986 is kind of where we're starting things. This is Tombs and Treasure. This is also for the PC-88, and this uh, was composed by Takahiko Abe. We're going to play a track called Theme of Miho. listening to the theme of Miho, and this is from Tombs and Treasure by Falcom Sound Team JDK. Yeah, uh, this was a really interesting choice because very different from most of the music you're going to hear on today's playlist. Uh, very similar to something like Shin Onigashima for the yeah. FDS, composed by Koji Kondo. Kind of going for, uh, you know, I guess you'd say stereotypical traditional Japanese sound. Something like, you know, a lot of folk melodies. Something that you would have heard, you know, growing up in that you know in that part of the world uh the thing that reminds me of shinonagashima is that uh the melodies have that sort of japanese folk music quality uh just especially in the use of the pentatonic scale and some of those ornamentations oh, yeah. but uh the thing that reminds me of shinonagashima is it's that mixed with sort of western classical harmony chord progressions, chord progressions yeah. uh which is like a very specific kind of mix and it's a just great the sort mix, of bouncy yeah. kind of playful nature of it also reminds me of koji kondo yeah 
and early on in this uh, PC-88 era of Falcom, once again, one instrument. It's the same instrument for all the different channels. Again, it's almost like, you know, thinking about it as like a solo piano type of a layout, you know, left hand and right hand. But it's so weird hearing this one kind of sharp, biting instrument. It's not a soft instrument at all, you know. Right. So it's kind of what we were talking yeah, about and another thing that we're going to notice with a lot of these Falcom soundtracks is uh, the intervals that the melodies lie around are typically uh, pitches that aren't in the root chord. So, mm-hmm. for example, this melody relies on that sixth. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da. It keeps going back to that. But we have a lot of melodies that rely on that ninth scale degree right. or also a lot of melodies that rely on the seventh scale degree. So that's something sort of that Falcom does to give a little bit more of an extended nature to the progression. And, and most of the time when they do that, especially on the nine, it gives a level of mystery. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of emotion that, that you get from that. So now let's move on to ease. This is Ease 1, Ancient Ease Vanished. This is a soundtrack that came out in a game that came out in 1987, and the soundtrack was obviously Falcom Sound Team JDK, but this time we have Miko Ishikawa and Yuzo Koshiro. This is the soundtrack that really put Yuzo Koshiro on the map. Um, most of the music in this first game was composed by him. Um, some of the some of the more kind of softer, more jazzier tracks were composed by Miko Ishikawa, and in the second Ease game, that's really where Miko Ishikawa kind of took over and did a lot more of the romantic kind of themes. But yeah, most of the big themes were composed by Yuzo Koshiro, including this. This is called Fina. This is one of the opening themes in the game, one of the main themes. It's incredibly beautiful, and we're getting a little bit more... Um, interesting instruments um, than you would hear in previous games by this company. So you're really going to, this is the the game in the series that started to use the sound chip, embrace the sound chip of the PC-88 a lot. So this is Fina from Ease One, composed by Falcom Sound Team JDK.
man, this is a powerful piece of music. It really is a piece that would get you in the right mood to start this legendary adventure. This is a RPG series, you know, Ease, and really, this is one of the early pieces of music you hear. For me, I would be invested at this point. This is Fina from the first Ease game, and this particular track was composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Yeah, this is very beautiful. I love the melody. To me, uh, my relationship with this Falcom music is just sort of like when it's working. I feel like sometimes it's working uh, almost despite the setting and the context in which it's in because I love the PC-88 sounds and how it sounds like Genesis and Mm -hmm. all those instruments. But, you know, they're really typically not doing things that are that ambitious. A lot of the tracks hardly even have drums. Mm-hmm. So it's like if if the song works, you can tell it's just based on the musical merit of the right. composition. which is what I like about the Yeah, and there's a charm too. to that that I really appreciate. And in general, I'd say it's that's pure. something yeah. that I say about a lot of video game music. It's like if it's good, you know it's just because of the music, because mm-hmm. it's not getting any favors yeah, by Will, having fancy technology. When we were going through uh, whittling down in order to make a 22-track playlist, uh, we had like 30 or so tracks or something that we you know, had to whittle. Uh, so many of the early stuff had no drums, and even some Genesis games, no drums at all, because it was, it was probably very easy to port the 88 to the Genesis, and they, I didn't add drums, and it was, Will just was so confused, because you don't hear that. It's well, very signature to in a lot of and a lot of the rocking tracks, mm-hmm. it's just the bass going dead, yep, no drums, yeah, which is so interesting. I mean, but... I don't know if the technique of noise, like for drums, worked as well on the PC eighty eight as other things. It or did. Maybe they I mean, just I think didn't it just li- maybe they didn't like it, or I don't know. Could because... have been a lot of um, those channels used for sound effects or something. Yeah, it yeah. could be like they had to reserve channels for sound effects, and mm-hmm. you couldn't like cut out. But they're definitely channels. there's no shortage of PC eighty eight, and of course ninety eight soundtracks that have drums. So yeah, it's very interesting. Let's move on to a game called Legacy of the Wizard. An alternate title of this game is Dragon Slayer 4 Drazel Family. Now, Dragon Slayer is really probably the most long-running series that Falcom produced. Uh, it eventually spawned an entire other series, Legend of Heroes, which we'll get to. Um, so yeah, this is a Dragon Slayer game. This is the fourth one in this series called Legacy of the Wizard. came out in 1987, around the same time as Metroid, and this particular theme uh, is kind of inspired by the music of Metroid in a lot of ways. This is the overworld theme from Legacy of the Wizard. great 8-bit piece of music this game also came out for the nes and yeah this is 1987 what a year this was for the maybe i'd call them the dream team of miko ishikawa and yuzo kashiro they were also the composers that worked on this game and the next game we're going to feature sorcerian all three of these games came out in 1987 ease sorcerian and legacy of the wizard 
all by those two composers. Right. That's a, a legendary year for Something, them. I, I speculate that this was written by Yuzo Koshiro because mm-hmm. I've noticed in a lot of his music influences from Hirokazu Tanaka, which makes sense because mm-hmm. at the time he was like the guy yes. for video game music. Like he and for sound effects, like he was such an inspiration and developed and pioneered so many techniques and especially in the early days of video game music like i mean he really went above and beyond and there's some so many timeless things from him and so a lot of sort of uh musical aspects of his work in the metroid and i'd even argue the kid icarus series yeah. are things that you can sort of tell are influencing especially a lot this of track. composition this one and i'd even say on fina the mm-hmm. da 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 da, sure. da it reminds me of um oh, that motif from the credits interesting of very interesting yeah no but this is a, this is so cool this is msx by the way everyone we could have played the nes version but, you know, we're sticking with these Japanese computers. Well, I just realized something cool. Yuzoka Shiro got to work on Kid Icarus Uprising, which is right. sort of fitting because he's fitting. getting to work with the themes of Hirokazu Tanaka. Really cool. So now we're going to move on to the, the last game in 1987 that Miko Ishikawa and Yuzoka Shiro worked on. This is Sorcerian, one of my personal favorite soundtracks that these two composers worked on. This also came out for the PC-88 and feels so similar on uh, the musical world of Ease. It's just almost the exact same world here. Uh, we're going to play something that's a little bit different. This was most likely composed by Miko Ishikawa. This is a very soft, kind of tragic piece. This is the ending two from Sorcerian. <laughs> piece of music you're listening to ending two from sorcerian for the pc88 and i have a good suspicion this was composed by miko ishikawa one thing that's so um convenient is uh both miko ishikawa and yuzo koshiro have such signature styles of composition and do some of the same things over and over again so it is pretty evident um which composer you know did which track you know i hear so many ishikawa isms in this track the chord progressions she liked to use the intervals that she likes to leap to, the runs, it's very similar. Yeah, personally, uh, at least at this point in the games they worked on, I'm a way bigger Miko Ishikawa fan just because I feel like she spends more time crafting her melodies mm-hmm. and they in really this era, just definitely. hold up yeah. just really some beautiful stuff. And 
I, I do also think she's very diverse because she also does some rocking kind of tracks as well. Like oh, my yeah, favorite, like, I mean, Ease Three. The, my favorite Ease in the Ease series that, so like, yeah. is uh, Subterranean Canal, which yeah. is her, and that's to me that's like a I don't know that's like a you can use that as a formula to make so many songs. Yeah, I mean, East Three is a great example. That soundtrack is primarily Miko Ishikawa, and there's a lot of great rocking stuff in there. I mean, she's definitely able to carry the torch of kind of Yuzo's style, uh-huh. which I think he did kind of create in a lot of ways, the typical rocking stuff. But she's definitely able to do that. But in addition, she's able to do a lot more deep melodic stuff that at this you know this early teenager Yuzo was not able to do. So very interesting. Now let's finally move on to the next year. This is 1988 to Ease Two. Ancient Ease vanished the final chapter once again the same two composers we're going to play the first kind of i guess stereotypical rocking falcom track of the day it's it's nice to finally get to here this is palace of salmon here we go Such a classic melody. This is uh, East 2, Palace of Salmon. Oh my gosh. Yeah, really one of the most classic tracks from these first two games. We love this track in our Ease Part 1 episode. I think there's a really great remix in one of the later Ease games. I think Ease Origin. They have a very soft, like subtle, almost like glockenspiel playing this melody. It's so beautiful. It's a great melody. Uh, Once again, this came out for the PC-88. Almost every track we've played so far has been PC-88, other than that MSX2 track. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's really not a lot you really need to say. It's kind of self-evident, this track, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, uh, again, this is, uh, for all the rocking tracks, this is one of the best melodies for yeah. this kind of, and this is sort of what we're talking about. Um, just that kind of constant, uh, very rocking, driving bass. It's great. It's so effective. It's just, it's great video game music. You know, it's something that um, is so signature for this genre. I guess video game music, if it is its own genre or art form, whatever you want to say, you hear it all the time, almost more than any other kind of music. So yeah. Something I notice about a lot of ease music is that it's not comfortable in one octave. Like they repeat <laughs> melodies up the octave yeah. constantly, and that's something for some reason you don't get a lot in video game music. But, it's like the loops are very kind of symmetrical. That's and, that's. That's a good point. Honestly. One thing that needs to be said about this early Ease music is so influential to Genesis music. It all came from here. The interaction, specifically the interaction between the PSG channels and the FM channels, using them back and forth, using them together to create texture. It's so common in Genesis music and also PC88 music to have a lead instrument, an FM instrument, coupled, doubled by a quieter PSG instrument that's a little bit out of phase, out of pitch, to create that deep kind of fat chorus sound. And that kind of technique uh, really was pioneered by a lot of these early Falcom composers. So 
Now let's move on to a cool soundtrack that was solely composed by Miko Ishikawa, actually. This is a game called Star Trader. It came out in 89 for the PC-88. We're going to play a cool track called Moonscape. Here we go. here is is a great riff it's it's super um powerful and just energetic gets your blood pumping you're listening to moonscape from star trader yeah like carl mentioned that riff is very excellent and i really enjoy that b section and i sort of like those sort of the psg instruments how they function with the fm yeah and again it's like the thing that's different about pc88 and genesis is that with Genesis, I felt like it was just primarily FM, mm-hmm. um, where with PC-88, oftentimes it's much more um, 8-bit centric. Um, but it's cool to have the constant uh, having that FM bass, which is just so kind of rocking and distorted. And it's always the Sonic 1 bass instrument. Yeah. <laughs> Every single Falcom soundtrack. Which I never, I never heard any of this music until a couple, few years ago. So for me, that instrument is always going to be the sonic instrument. So now to hear it that it was actually done before that is is, is kind of uh, kind of interesting. But yeah, now let's move on to Ease Three Wanders from Ease. Uh, this, like a lot of the games in the series, uh, came out for multiple systems. We're actually going to play the Mega Drive versions, or otherwise, you know, known as the Genesis. We're going to play that version because I actually think it's better. It has a better kind of mixture. And I think the levels are better. The drums are a little bit, um, the drum samples are a little bit better. So yeah, we're going to play the Mega Drive version. Let's play a track called Winged Boy. Now this uses um, kind of the recipe of a theme that was originally composed by Yuzo Koshiro called Theme of Adol, which was, I think, unused for the first Ease game. But almost every single game in the subsequent series would do kind of a reimagining on that theme, take the basic structure and slightly tweak so it a little is, bit. Yeah, this is the first time it was featured in a game, but it was mm-hmm. uh, unused. It's interesting to think of it. An unused track coming back and actually being one of the most recurring motifs in a series. So this is Winged Boy from Ease 3.
such a classic theme. You're listening to Winged Boy from the Mega Drive version of Ease 3 Wanders from Ease, composed by Falcom Sound Team JDK. This is such a classic melody for this series. Uh, it's a really just groovy, catchy song. Uh, I really like the <laughs> that line that happens this part right here. here. Yeah. And it's panned, and they do an interesting technique because uh, on the Genesis, as well as probably the PC-88, if you can do panning, it's only like hard left, hard right, or down the center. Right. But there's a subtle technique that they're doing to make it sound like it's fading back and forth smoothly, and that is uh, it'll swell in volume on mm. one and then quickly kind of shrink and then move to Which the other one. Which is almost the same so thing. So it's yeah. almost like it feels like it's moving smoothly between them, though there's no like cross fading. You I mean, know, you're pretty not much getting it as far as the one, human effect, it is doing that. Yeah, it, it feels like, like that, it yeah. feels like it's like fading That's back brilliant. and forth when really it's just jumping from one to the other. That's so effective. Yeah, no, really, one of the more textbook tra- Falcom tracks in this series. If you wanted to show someone, oh, what is Falcom music? What are some of the musical techniques that make this uh, company unique? This would be a great track to play. So now we're going to move on to Dragon Slayer Six. The Legend of Heroes. This is the game that launched a side series called The Legend of Heroes. We're going to play um, the PC-88 version. This game came out also, I believe, uh, for some other systems. Let's see what else this came out for. Uh, we're playing the PC-88 version that came out for the TurboGrafx-16, PC-98, MSX2, Super Famicom, Mega Drive, all kinds of systems. Let's play a track called Ship. <laughs> so cool at the very end of the forum uh, she got a little funky with it this is Miko Ishikawa by the way Um, this soundtrack was composed by Miko Ishikawa as well as Masaki Kawai you're listening to Ship from The Legend of Heroes for the PC-88 such a relaxing piece of music Will there was something in particular that you thought was really effective about this right there um repeating the end of that little phrase that motif an octave higher is sort of a call and response 
It's mm-hmm. really sweet. It's sort of like the melody's fading into the heavens, but it also kind of feels a little bit reminiscent of... It's a technique that's done uh, with backup singers in a lot of yeah. pop songs all the time. That's true. Where they'll have a call and response, and they'll repeat the end of a lyrical phrase You know, or most of the music uh, that this company created was coming from the pop world. Right. Very pop-influenced. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. think what's interesting about Falcom, though, is it's not as kind of... 80s pop is say something like you know sonic or even like the whole capcom all well, those it's guys not as western pop it's more j-pop you know more yeah, ballads a you think, bit. think of those I, I, 80s j-pop ballads i would also say though that there's uh there's a lot of like smooth jazz influence oh, yeah. and classical influence as well and then there is that sort of like rock element to mm-hmm. a lot of it so i think some of the chords it's just like it's that a great sort of thing about a lot of Japanese musical philosophy, which is just like being submerged in something and just like whatever comes out is a culmination of all of these influences, but it's not like a direct source. It's not a, like trying to go for a specific thing. And so it's fun when they establish this collective sound that the sound in and of itself is a culmination of all of these influences, but they're almost doing a parody of that specific sound that they've created. Good point, Will. So now we're going to move on to Popful Mail. Now, this is a soundtrack, again, that came out for a few different systems. Let's play the Mega Drive version. Uh, This came out for the 88, the 98 um, Super Famicom, as well as the Mega Drive. Yeah, Popful Mail, really interesting uh, soundtrack. We're going to play a track called Volcanic Zone Exploration by Falcom Sound Team JDK. Confident, strong piece of music. This is great. Oh my gosh. This is Volcanic Zone Exploration from the Genesis version of Popful Mail, composed by Falcom Sound Team JDK. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this episode. Um, if anyone's not familiar with this company, this is a great crash course in uh, this genre, this subgenre of video game music. So much fun. Yeah, it's really fun when entire... You know, video game companies can have their own genre. That's something that film really just can't claim because you yeah. have individuals scoring the music and film composition is more of sort of like a freelance thing when you think mm-hmm. about it. You know, you're hired by a director for a project, 
But other than like, I'm sure like Paramount has its own sound technicians and its own arrangers, probably. Mm-hmm. But like a composer like John Williams, you know, he chooses the people that he wants to work with. Yeah. And a lot of people hire you. But what's so cool about video game companies is, you know, you're hired by a specific um, company to for make company, yeah. music for them. And so it's fun when... Uh, you know, Nintendo has its own sound and Capcom has its sound and Sega and Falcom and Sunsoft. And it's really its own kind of unique thing that music can have this sort of collective quality as well as like an individual character. All right, let's move on to The Legend of Heroes 2. So the first sequel in this uh, kind of new sub-series of Dragon Slayer. And we're going to also play the PC-88 version of this game. Now, this is really one of the most textbook rocking Falcom tracks. It's called Field. You could put it in the E series. It would fit right at home. So please enjoy Field from Legend of Heroes 2. That's immediately catchy and infectious there. You're listening to Field from The Legend of Heroes 2. This is Falcom Sound Team JDK, obviously. Such a great track. Yeah, the bass has a different sort of timbral quality to it. It's hard hitting. It's a different instrument, yeah. But it's used and, you know, has the same function. It's probably the Mystic Cave Zone bass, isn't it? <laughs> the hard hitting one, yeah, you hear that. You also hear this a lot in Sonic 3. Something like Marble Garden Zone, I think, uses the same instrument. It's so interesting that we call them instruments. And, like, you even do it on the NES, but, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's just changing settings, you know. It's not really an instrument, but it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know what they call it is, but they just sort of say, you know, like, human beings are so tool-using, but it's kind of the reason why, uh, like, when you turn a car right or left, you just say, I'm turning right. You don't say, I'm turning the wheel to the right. It's oh, like, yeah. we kind of, like to identify the human thing in whatever machinery that we're using. So, you know, you could just say, oh, yeah, the settings on this are similar to the settings. But no, it's like we kind of imagine these cute little computerized instruments. And it's kind of fun that we do that. Right, yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I believe this is also composed by Miko Ishikawa primarily. Um, She did the first two in the series. I think later on you had some different composers introduced. But, um, yeah, no, that was... Obviously, we've played that track, I think, before. I think I may have played it in a show and tell. But anyway, let's move on to our track of the week. This is from The Legend of Heroes 3, White Witch. And we're going to play the PC-98 version. This game came out for the PC-98. We're going to play a track called Sorrowful Melody. This is one of our favorite tracks. Obviously, Maybe our both of our favorite tracks on this playlist. That's you know why it's track of the week. Very um, tragic, hauntingly gorgeous, soft, slow piece of music. 
really, you know, if you're talking about kind of the two traditions that Falcom has, one being the kind of the rocking stuff, there is another tradition is soft ballads, very lyrical, beautiful melodies. This is this is the latter. So please enjoy Sorrowful Melody. type of piece that you can easily get lost you kind of forget you know what you're doing you know there's a moment where i was like oh i forgot i'm hosting a podcast right now i was just really enjoying this track so many things on a technical level to praise uh musically as well but what are some of the things that jumped out about you the most will well i think uh there's sort of two things that really i love about this i love the um sort of harmonic world that it lives in i love the melody i love the sort of era that it's going for just melodically and i also like how it incorporates some of those triplet and dotted rhythms yeah uh you know we hear dotted rhythms and triplets obviously all the time in video game music but some of these contexts are a little bit kind of taking you out of the kind of grid based Mm -hmm feeling and then when there's no drums that's really helpful to give it sort of a performance quality but i think Mm -hmm. i gotta say my favorite thing about this more than the composition is what it's doing technically yeah like we mentioned so much of this falcom music is very subtle and to me a lot of it doesn't quite work because you know there's only so much that you can do with this sound chip but this one in particular really stands out there's a lot that's happening with sort of doubling instruments will be doubled with sort of like a a sine wave-esque instrument that has this weird oscillating quality to it and portamento yeah and like it's decay happens slower than that of the fm instrument that it's so it lingers so it lingers on and there's this crazy meditative zen-like quality to it that is really like enchanting well you had you know a lot can be said for this is pc 98 here so we have more channels composers were able to make much more lush soundscapes on this system and really that's a good segue we're going to go into one of my favorite series on the pc 98 the brandish series there were four games on the pc 98 we're going to play the third and the fourth and they're so good that we're going to play two tracks from each we're going to start off with brandish three uh this soundtrack obviously falcom sound team jdk but let's get a little more specific here brandish three was composed by mika wishikawa Itsushi Shirakawa, Hirofumi Matsuwaka, Masaru Nakajima, and Naoki Kaneda. So we're going to play, let's start off with a track called Tantol for the PC-98. This is Brandish 3. 
You're listening to Tantal from Brandish 3 for the PC-98. Yeah, and like we said, these composers really took advantage, specifically, I would say, in this series, almost more than any, especially for Falcom, of the new channels, uh, the capability of having more channels. I believe, you know, at times, especially in the in the next game, we're going to play almost 15, 16 channels at once of FM and PSG. Uh, a lot are dedicated to soft delay, uh, but it just is really creates a sound that's easy to get lost and much more interesting to listen to than the PC-88 stuff. So it's kind of like we're evolving, which is nice. The drums sound way better. And yeah. You're right, there is sort of a reverberance to everything mm-hmm. that does feel more kind of lush. We'll get that even more in the next game we're going to play. So yeah, let's let's play another track from Brandish 3. This is a track called Conversing. such a striking and haunting chord progression there. Really effective use of dissonance, huh? You're listening to Conversing from Brandish 3. Yeah, I just had a thought. Uh, The two gentlemen who worked on Fire Emblem Awakening, Rai Kondo and Hiroki Morishida, I think they should work on a Falcom project. That would be Uh, perfect. Especially like an Ease soundtrack, just because I feel like that game has the most legendary music. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in that Fire Emblem soundtrack, they really showed that they're able to be diverse and capture, you know, a lot of intense stuff Mm -hmm. mixed with a lot of But their uh, their level of melodic craft is almost unparalleled. Yeah. In my opinion, it's like better than Yuzo Kashir. Like, I feel like if they did... An E soundtrack, it would be the best E soundtrack <laughs> there is. But I, I think I would like that because um, some of the more recent Falcom games, I sort of like the integration of Real orchestral with like rock. But I would like to get um, that rock energy, but you know, maybe with more full orchestra stuff. Because yeah. here they just sort of have like a violin. Uh, I'm not this track in particular, but yeah, just a quick shout out. Um, you just want to quickly mention it. The track we're playing out with today, guys, from is from E's. And it does feature um, some sequence orchestral sounds. So it is interesting to hear an orchestral Falcom soundtrack. So just, you know, just a shout out to stick around and check that track out. It's pretty good. So awesome. Now let's move on to Brandish VT, also known as Brandish 4, the last game in the series for the PC-98. Almost the same list of composers, you know, Mika, Ishikawa, and company. Let's play two tracks. Um, This track is called Triumph. Thank you. 
is a groovy track. That really is a track that holds my interest. You know, it is kind of easy. A little of this Falcom stuff does go a long way, and hearing the same things over and over again, it's kind of easy to zone out. But this soundtrack particularly really reinvigorated yeah, this me today. So much energy. Oh, it's so just like funky. A bluesy quality to it. It really feels like Dave Wise, kind of <laughs> like just that. A little bit of the later Sonic stuff. Something from maybe like Sonic 3 or Sonic and Knuckles, you know? kind of michael jackson-y in some ways a couple of those instruments sounded like snes instruments especially that one yeah oh my gosh this is so cool this is from brandish vt you're listening to triumph by falcom sound team jdk really love it i love that bass part yeah this game came out very late this is like 97 or something um you know obviously you know the pc 98 came out in the 80s but there was a few series that were released games like well into the late 90s, which was so interesting. Right. You know, there were a few people that might have been really hardcore fans that were still using that old computer system. I think there's a thing to be said about when a bass doesn't necessarily line up perfectly with a drum part. There's mm-hmm. like an added sense of syncopation because that drum oh, yeah. on that track was just... It was very sparse, but that bass line was so intricate oh. and happening on a very kind of eighth note. I don't know. There's added so much syncopation. Let's play one more track from Brandish VT. This is my personal favorite track of the soundtrack. Let's check out Black Field. Listening to Blackfield from Brandish VT. This is um, such a unique soundtrack for this uh, company. This part here, oh my gosh, giving some of this jazzy soloing is so rare for this company. It's just, oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, it really is a nice treat because, yeah, I think we do kind of forget because the Falcom sound team does have such a consistent sound all the way mm-hmm. that uh, we've been almost treating it like a series. It's felt more kind of like you know like when you play the zelda series so much of the music sounds so similar and that's like the level of similarity that all this falcom stuff has right but it's so different you know like when we did our capcom or konami episode you know every track you never know what you're gonna get i mean you know you're gonna get great music because those composers are excellent but yeah with this it's like such a breath of fresh air to have something just completely novel and entirely original 
So now let's move on to the Super Famicom. This is, uh, I think, 97 or so, pretty late. This is Ease 5, Lost Keffin Kingdom of Sand, came up for the Super Famicom. We're going to play a track we haven't played so far on this podcast. This is Nina. Listening to Nina from Ease 5, Lost Keffin Kingdom of Sand for the Super Famicom, composed by Falcom Sound Team JDK. Such a beautiful melody, very sparse, um, very medieval sounding. You're using a Dorian mode in this whole soundtrack to great effect. It sounds very sort of Final Fantasy, Chrono Triggery. Yeah. A lot of that melody reminds me of Wind Waker a lot. Mm-hmm. Truthfully. Me too. But it's really fun to get some SNES stuff because I feel like a lot of the Falcom conventions are things that, you know, are also very similar to like a lot of the Square. Yeah. Or Squaresoft kind of things. Absolutely. Well, that's a kind of a nice transition piece because now we're transitioning into the modern era of Falcom. So, the you know, we don't have very many tracks before we leave you guys. We have a handful. And the rest of these are all going to be from modern era Falcom games. So it's kind of a nice transition. Let's move on to The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. This is a game that came out for PC as well as PSP. I believe the PC version originally came out in 04 and the PSP came out in 06. In this soundtrack, the composers here, we have Hayato Sanada, Watoro Ishibashi, and Takahito Moriyama. And really interesting soundtrack, kind of smooth jazz elements. There are some tracks that are definitely very cheesy, but this is a really cool track. Features um, you know elements of jazz, fusion, a little bit of techno. So please enjoy Sophisticated Fight from Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky.
great melody. I love this track. Oh, it's so fun. It's so incredibly jazzy. You're listening to Sophisticated Fight. It's kind of a fun title from Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. Yeah, again, this is something, it's really fun to get these new kind of novel ideas. Um, it's so different, you know, historically from a lot of Falcom soundtracks. But, you yeah. know, I mean, we're in an entirely different era at this point. Yeah, so now we're going to move on to um, really, you know, we, we've played a lot of, whether you want to say, stereotypical, quintessential, old Falcom stuff. Let's do a couple in the new era of Falcom, you know. I would say the biggest thing you're going to hear in a lot of these new soundtracks is the incorporation of a real solo violin mixed with a rocking rhythm section. Drums, distorted guitar, uh, that combination is is so tailor-made for this music already, um, but it's just really fun, you know, finally for the technical side to catch up with the musical side. So we're going to play um, a soundtrack called Ease versus Sora Noseki Alternative Saga, and we're going to play a track called Twilight Wanderers. Love that combination of violin mixed with guitar. Uh, in this particular section, the violin is doing the harmonies. Uh, it's a really, it sounds really good. The performance is great. It's very it's so, exciting. Yeah, it's so interesting because so many video game melodies are so kind of vocal sounding in nature. Like they sound like they could be melodies to like a pop song. Mm -hmm. So what's strange is hearing that type of, you know, game music theory applied in a modern context with real instruments it almost sounds like a cover doesn't yeah, it you know it's like it that does. violin playing that melody it kind of sounds like when you hear instrumental like pop orchestra covers of yeah. like pop songs where it's like you know it, it, it's weird because a lot of times when you listen to that um type of like cover type of music it sounds like oh you can tell this melody wasn't written to be instrumental just because of like where they're repeating notes and uh -huh. stuff and this is a section like that where it's just like it's a great melody but it doesn't like sound like intrinsically paired with the violin which yeah. is kind of cool because it makes it feel like i could imagine it existing on like the pc88 and this almost i'm envisioning it as like a yeah. cover it, it's of possible that. this melody was because sora no Seki, that's the japanese title of the game we just played 
Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. Uh-huh. This is E's versus Sora no Seki, so it's possible this original melody was from a previous game that right. they're doing some uh, new well, the rendition thing that of. I, the thing that I like, it's kind of like uh, what I love so much about that magical voice shower, uh-huh. where it's like, it's two layers removed from what I love. You know, it that magical voice shower sounds like an acapella cover of a classic video game track, but yeah, there but was no original. classic video yeah. game track. It's but possible it this was original. Sound like a choral yeah. piece, you know, and yeah. this one has a um, similar vibe to me. You know, you guys may have heard this kind of soundscape in the later Ease games on our Ease Part 2 episode with Ease 7 Ease Origin. We're not going to play um, any of those rocking ones today because we've already featured them. They're super, super good, and if you haven't heard that episode, go back and check that out. You know, at the end of that Ease Part 2 episode, we featured some great rocking stuff from those two soundtracks, uh, but hopefully there's a lot more to come uh, from Falcom in that vein. There's an Ease game that just came out last year for the PS Vita called um, Foliage of Celsida, which I played a track from in a recent show and tell, but and they haven't really changed their sound up a whole lot. It's kind of cool. Which is, I'm fine with that. So now this is the last track we're going to talk about. This is Legend of Heroes Zero No Seki Super Arranged version. We're going to play Inevitable Struggle. doesn't it folks uh, what a fun episode this was uh, taking a trip through time starting with some of the earliest Falcom stuff to you know something that came out just a few years ago we had a great time hopefully you guys enjoyed this you guys know um, probably for me personally how much I love Falcom Sound Team JDK I have such a love for the PC-88 and 98 particularly this was such a treat for me so thanks for indulging us today yeah this was something that I found interesting is that the more modern stuff feels more kind of like quintessential video game music than the old stuff you know like these (laughs) melodies and these chord progressions just feel so like uh not cliche but like iconic like capcom or konami type things yeah where when you listen to a lot you know like we have gone through a lot of the falcon music a lot of it is more subtle and sounds a lot more like film music and even the ones that do rock the melodies aren't kind of this 
you know, Japanese video games. So it what I find interesting, interesting yeah. is like my a complaint with the old kind of music is that I felt like it needed real instruments to convey the emotion that it wanted to. But what I find <laughs> ironic is now that they have real instruments, I feel like they're trying so desperately to get back to sort of the very hypercharged melodic nature of old video games. I game think it's music. one of those things where you always want to do what you can't. You always want to, the grass is always greener on the other yeah. side, you know. So that's why I think it would be interesting like this, I would like to hear, you know, an 8-bit remix or a 16-bit remix of yeah. this. And for the old stuff, I'd kind of like to hear real instrument versions and there of it, are some both great, of them are kind of um, like not comfortable in their own skin. There's some recent Ease games that feature modern real rocking instrumentation right. of the classic Ease stuff, which is so, so cool. So yeah, uh, such a fun episode, guys. Stick with us. We want to give one more shout out. Next week is Listener Show and Tell Volume 2, and we already have our playlist um, already decided, so hopefully you guys um, already sent your stuff in, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're very excited for that episode. Uh, once again, uh, check out all of our original music at SuperMercadoBrothers.com. You can go to music.SuperMercadoBrothers.com or just go to our homepage and you can click on the tab Original Music. It'll take you uh, to the Music tab of our site, which is also the same thing as actually our Bandcamp. It's hosted through Bandcamp. You can find all of our original albums and all of the solo projects uh, that Carl and I have done individually uh, up to this point I have a recent uh, Mario album that I just uploaded last week called Dear Mario you guys should check that out and stay tuned because coming up pretty soon Carl's going to release Sonic-esque volume 4 which I actually just got to see the cover of that yesterday <laughs> which got me pretty excited for it but, I'm yeah. excited for everyone to hear it. it's going to be so much fun alright guys we'll talk to you next week have a great week peace out peace out